I have a message entitled, Understanding Christmas. For a lot of people, during this time of the year, you know, people have a hard time seeing anything but just the birth. Well, okay, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. But if we're talking about the birth of anybody else, it might be one thing, but we're talking about the birth of somebody that was all man and all God, like there's never been on planet earth ever before. All man and all God. And you say, well, you know, how is that? Well, I, I came, this is kind of a direct thought, but I came from the sperm of my father that I just mentioned. Jesus came from the sperm of God. I was created in the image of God, but I didn't come directly from the sperm of God the Father. Because see, Mary's womb, in Mary's womb, she had to be impregnated by actual sperm. Or there's the way God set it up, there is no way to have child without sperm. So we're not talking about the birth of just anybody. We're talking about the birth of the one and only. Amen? And a lot of times, people have a difficulty in this time of year seeing past His birth. So we celebrate it. We bring presents. We give presents to one another. We decorate trees. We sit on Santa's lap and all that stuff, you know. And, um, and we enjoy the season. How many like this time of the year? Hmm? I-, I love it. I just love it. No matter what's going on, I just love this time of the year. It's an awesome time. I like Christmas movies and I like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I just love this. But to me, you can't celebrate the birth of Jesus without acknowledging what the birth produced, which was his life and then his, his actual crucifixion. And then his death into hell and being raised on the third day. And then his ascension up on high and, and his birth and where he sits today from the birth to the throne is really what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is really all about from the birth to the throne. And everything that happened in between and what, what it produced for you and I. You know, you know, you think of people in your life, you know, I thank God that you were born, you know. You thank God for your parents or you thank God for somebody who's influential in your life and you thank God that they were born. But where would any of us be had he not been born? Wow. <laughs> where would we be if Jesus had not been born? So, in... First, uh, in First Timothy one and verse eighteen, it says this: "This charge I." 
commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. A prophecy is something that someone spoke, the prophecy he's talking about right there. To, to prophesy is to speak as the oracles of God. In other words, to speak as the representative of God, to prophesy. But what he's talking about here in Scripture is the, the things that were prophesied in the Old Testament time of what was going to happen. And he said here, if you will, if you will understand, and the title of my message today is Understanding Christmas. If you will understand the prophecies of the past for today, if, you, if we will understand those prophecies, it empowers us to wage a good warfare, a warfare in life. gives us the ability to overcome situations and circumstances and obstacles that want to take us down. If we, if we embrace and understand the prophecies of the past. Well, there's a prophecy in the, in the book of Isaiah from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9. In Isaiah 9, that talks about the coming Messiah, the coming of, of who we're talking about today and who, who He is and, and, and how... He is represented in the earth. And um, there's something interesting about everything that is mentioned in, in this passage that I think is important for us to look at today in understanding the true meaning of Christmas so that we, so when we do what we do, you know, when we give presents, somebody says, ah, you know, that's all commercialized. Well, don't make it commercialized. You know? Buy stuff and give stuff to people, but make it real. Just be, not, be good to people. I mean, give things to people that give to you. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Bible says it's better to give things to people that don't give anything to you. Find somebody to give something to that, that you may not think deserves it. Hmm? So, so, as we do the things we do during this season, let's think about some of this because not only in this time of the year are we looking to give gifts and, and things, but be on the receiving end of what people need. People need hope. People are so suffering. Sometimes we can get so wrapped up in what's going on around us in our own lives, sometimes we forget. You know, and, and I'm not going to say a lot about this, but, you know, I spent about 11 or 12 days in the hospital a couple of different times in the last two, three weeks. And, oh, man, the people, the people, you know, the people that just are everywhere and they're hurting and they're hurting physically and emotionally and they're and and so many people that have diseases they have diseases because of the disease that's in them you know the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the hatred that they have and the stuff that no one's ever told them how to get rid of how do you get rid of a root of bitterness 
how? Especially when it's like a, when it's like this, you know, massive cypress tree with a root system that you couldn't dig out if you tried to. Only God can remove those kind of things. And, and how will God get to people when people think God's just about a little baby? And so that's as far as they go. Why, why, why would they rejoice over this time of a year when, when a lot of, most places you just, it's just about the little baby in the manger? Thank God for the manger experience, you know? But it's so much more than that. It's, it, 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 it's, from, it's from the beginning, from the conception, that God so loved that he gave to now where his position is at the right hand of the Father. And that's our responsibility. I, I just tell you, I may have already told you this, but this one story just in the last few weeks. I was, I was with my mother and I was speaking over her, her body. And, and I don't, you know, I used to be, I used to yell and scream and spit in hospitals over people, you know, and all that stuff, you know, and pray over everybody, even if they'd nothing wrong with them, you know what I'm saying? And, but I was just so about that. But, but I don't know, it's become more of a silent, personal thing, you know? It's not about, it's about what God will do for somebody, you know? And as I was, as I was speaking over my mother and, and, and praying over her, one of her friends walked in and, and she actually sat down and I didn't even know she was behind me. But I was confessing some things that I've confessed over my mom for a long time. And as I was confessing the word over her, you know, I got through and this is a woman who'd been in church for 50 years and lost her husband a year and a half ago on a table in a hospital with some of the same stuff that my mom had gone through. And she just had this, just this unforgiveness toward God about her husband dying. And so she was asking me, what, were you, what are you doing? What, what is it that you're doing in what you're saying over her? She said, I've never seen anybody pray things like that. Where did you get those things? I said, well, they're all from the Word. And so for the next probably five days, on and off, just when she would come in, she had questions about it because she hadn't been in church in a year and a half and now she's studying other Eastern religions because of what she doesn't feel like God did for her, you know, because she doesn't understand, but she's been in, quote, church for 50 years. You see, at this time of the year, why would you, when, 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 when you, your husband died on a table and you have no answers, okay? Things happen. But when you have no answers, why would you want to celebrate the birth of a little baby that was born 2,000 years ago? You know what I'm saying? So we can celebrate his birth, but we've got to be involved and be ready and be able to give account for how great God is. I'm telling you, because I was there for that lady, and I ministered some of the things that I did, that lady's making a turn. She's making a turn. Why? Because I had something she needed. I'm telling you today, you have things that people need in different places. Because you go places I can't go, and vice versa. But we've got things that people need. And we need revelation of his birth. Yeah, thank God for his birth. 
but he's, he's the one and only, and he was born for a purpose for all of us, for all of mankind to be liberated and free. And Isaiah 9 says this. Isaiah 9 That's not it. I think, there it is, Isaiah 11. <laughs> Close. That's not what I want either. What did I do with it? Maybe it's... Maybe it is... Oh, because I'm in the book of Proverbs. I'm thinking, there's no way that changed. It's impossible. I was just reading it. (laughs) Okay. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. That was weird. (laughs) Drawing from it, man. Uh, So, this is what was prophesied about him. For unto us a child is born... And to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, God, <laughs> he is absolutely wonderful, Amen. man, counselor, mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and and of the increase of His government and the peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And He has. Remember the verse that I read to you in the beginning, if you believe the prophecies, then you can war a good warfare. You can deal with issues in life if you, if you embrace and receive the prophecies. So, from this passage, I took a number of these words and just added a little bit of definition. For unto us a child is born, Everybody say, thank God for his birth. Amen. Unto us a child is born. Unto us the Son of the living God was given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. On the child's shoulders? Yeah. But on the developed child who became a man. Who lived and made choices and chose us over himself. 
And His name shall be called, number one, Wonderful. Wonderful. And the word wonderful in the Hebrew here is miracle. What happened was an impossibility. It was impossible for something like this to happen. It was impossible for a woman to be who is a virgin to be impregnated. Impossible. It was a miracle. He's wonderful. He's miraculous. He's like nobody else that's ever lived on planet earth or will ever live on planet earth. He is our mark. He's what we shoot for. He's what we aim at. But the closer we get to Him, the mark moves. The closer we get, the mark moves. The closer we get, the mark moves higher. Because He is everything to all of us, to all of mankind. He is a miracle. And it was prophesied that this wonderful, miraculous one would come. He's counselor. Counselor. Defined as one who gives advice, but one who brings resolve. You can, you can sit across my desk and I can give you advice, but not always will I give you what will resolve the situation. But I'll give you advice as a result of the revelation that I have from this, and if you begin to do what I tell you to do, He will resolve it. <laughs> That's who He is. So, see, today we are to embrace this type of revelation so that we can, we can deal with thought, thoughts and thought, a thought life that tries to tell us that there is no resolve. There's no answer. There's no answer to the situations that we face in life. Yes, there is. And He brings it. Why? Because He's a miracle. He was miraculous. Should have been impossible for Him to ever have manifested. But He did. And now, He is the answer. I mean, if He can manifest the way that He manifests, surely He can bring resolve to your dilemmas or issues that you have in life. Can you say amen? Wonderful, Counselor. Number three, Mighty God. Defined as Powerful Warrior. Champion. Valiant Man. Strong Man. One that excelled. I'm going to say it again. Powerful Warrior. Champion. He won. Valiant man when he was on the earth. Strong man when he was on the earth. And one that excelled at everything that he did. The thing about, the, about Jesus is that, and it's the example, it's the part of him, the mighty God part of him, the mighty warrior champion, he, 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 he championed a cause that 
no human being has ever mastered or ever will. And what he championed was that he laid his life down for all of humanity, and yet, and yet, he took all of the sin of mankind upon himself, and yet he never sinned. He championed the cause of laying his life down for people that didn't even deserve it. And humanity, that's one of the most difficult things that humanity deals with on a day-to-day basis, is laying our life down and forgiving people that don't deserve it. All kinds of people that don't deserve it. But He empowered us. He's mighty God. When, when I'm weak and I'm exhausted and, and exhausted all my abilities and, and strength and what I can do, then if I believe in Him, He becomes strong. I need His strength. I'm telling you today, you need help. You don't have the ability to exist on planet earth without mighty God. And I'm telling you, He's mighty and He's got it all. See, today we're talking about understanding what Christmas is really all about. Maybe you've never heard a message <laughs> kind of detailed like this. And then we'll, we'll, we'll read a piece out of Luke chapter 1 and 2. That's the Christmas story. But what good, and, he, and I believe he says this, I'm not saying that his birth wasn't good, but what good is the birth if there's no revelation of the rest? Right? Then we just celebrate a baby in a manger, and when the cantata's done, and the season's over with, and the last present, present, not president, the last present is opened on Christmas morning. Then we've got to face the next 11 months of life with nothing. I say no. We're facing the future. You're in my future is bright because of the favor and the anointing and the blessing and the empowerment that the birth of Jesus empowered you and I with. To do what with? Just keep it to ourselves? No, to help others with. To be a blessing to all of humanity. That's what God created us for. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Everlasting, meaning perpetual world without end. Perpetual world without end. And as a father, and the heart of a father, he continually is elevating you and I and advancing his cause through us. But it's a perpetual thing and it's world without end. There's no end. He will never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth no matter what. One of the things in my ministry to this woman of 50 years in the church with very little revelation of who God really is. Can a person be 50 years sitting and listening to preaching and not be born again? Can that happen? Where there's not a second birth experience? Not a challenge? Not walking in revelation? Somebody that is so 
desiring the things of God but never being taught how to tap it? What, 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 good, is, what good is that? What good is it to just have a knowledge of God? The devil has a knowledge of God, but no personal, intimate relationship. And the thing, the thing that I was, have realized and was realizing in my ministry to her is that she was afraid for so many years of her life that father would let her go because of if she made a mistake in her life. His love for you is a perpetual world without end, no end to his love for you no matter what you've done. No matter what you've done or, or where you're at, in fact, when, when a person understands that perpetual everlasting love of father that way, they're drawn to father and not away from him. Your mistakes will never separate you from God because of what the birth and the rest of everything that happened through Jesus Christ accomplished. Listen, there's not anything that you could do that's bad enough to be worse than what He accomplished. Nothing's bad. Nothing's that bad. And sometimes when we talk about nothing you can do, some people think, well, that's just going to enable people to do things. No, I don't think so. Because when you draw towards the love of God, what it does is it begins to make you want to be connected to Him. When you're connected to God and you have real relationship with God, He becomes your strength and your power. And you want to help others and teach others how to do the same thing. We've been called to lay our lives down for other people. And we do it through that perpetual, world-without-end revelation of the heart of the Father who is with us to the end, no matter what we do. Amen? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The ruler, he's the ruler of nothing missing, nothing broken, which is true prosperity. He's the, he's the author of nothing missing, nothing broken, the Prince of Peace. The chastisement of your and my peace was on Him. And by the stripes of Jesus, you and I are healed. The Prince of Peace healed us and delivered us in our minds, in our thinking, but in our bodies so that we can rest and be at rest and peace in our life. He is the Prince of Peace. His birth, His life, his crucifixion, his death and burial and resurrection, his ascension on high and his seating at the right hand of the Father that completed everything enables you and I to live in a place of rest and peace. No matter what's going on around us, we don't have to be in turmoil. And I'm telling you, there are times when you have to reach out and receive the peace that's there. How many know, how many have ever experienced the peace of God when you didn't even know that it was going to be that way because once you stepped into a situation that you hadn't counted on and you drew from the peace of God, it did something to you that you didn't think it would. Because how can you know what the peace of God is like when you're in unrest and you draw from the peace and it settles you? There's nothing like it. That was prophesied to you and I through Isaiah here and it came to pass. And now... These names of God, Wonderful, Counselor, 
Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It says, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. The increase of His government, of His dominion, of His kingdom, there will be no end. The increase. God is increasing His kingdom. But how? Through you and I. Now, because Jesus lives in me by the Holy Spirit, now I'm empowered to overcome and to accomplish in the earth what He, he left us. He passed the baton. We're like, this life is like a marathon. And He was here for 33 years, and in His 33rd year, He left. And what happened? He passed the baton to those disciples, and He's been duplicating Himself through people like you and I to this point. And He passed the baton for you and I to walk in what He accomplished. And when you need the Prince of Peace in your life, you've got to remember that was prophesied and it was fulfilled. And you've got to draw from that peace and and apply it in the moment when there's unrest. Because I'm telling you right now, there's unrest. And there will be more unrest. And if you and I are not identified with the Prince of Peace... and and develop that revelation with Him, He can't be what He was created to be for you because you won't turn to Him. You'll try to work it out in yourself. And I've said this to you before. I'm so thankful that I didn't stop in my relationship with God. Because in the Scripture I quoted earlier where it says, when He's weak, I am strong. Some people say, I've been weak, but he didn't do anything for me. And if you don't, you know, and and we're not talking about how to develop a relationship with God today, but if you don't develop that relationship just to where he becomes, he called you his friend. He wants to be friends with you. And if we're not friends with God and we don't know him personally, and we're not developing that relationship with him, when you become weak, you won't draw from him. But when His strength is being perfected on the inside of you, and you're developing inside of you who you are in Him, when you become weak, and you will, and you'll come to the end of your rope in different situations, but the moment you do, you turn to Him, and you become strong. Why? Because He becomes strong. He strengthens us in those moments. We don't have to be people that are ever weak. Because He's with us. And He never leaves us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us to the ends of the earth. Can you say amen? Look at Ephesians 1. And verse 19. Ephesians 1 and verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things, the Father put all things under the feet of Jesus, and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all and is in all. The thing about this season 
and, and everything that's involved in it. I had a guy one time tell me that, you know, that the Santa Claus tradition is, you know, is pagan and it's demonic and tried to tell me Christmas trees are, they're, they're mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 3 and they're pagan trees and people that worship them, you know, they're going to be full, filled with devils and all. I mean, oh my gosh, that guy went on and on and on. And I thought, to, I, I remember thinking, crud, man, you can't enjoy none of this stuff. We've got to throw all our stuff away, you know, and trees and everything, you know. And I thought, you know what? It's what you make it. You know, it's what you make out of it. You got little kids and you set them on Santa's lap. I mean, let, let them have fun. But, but, but Santa is not the reason for the season. Amen? Jesus is. And, and, and we don't have to separate Santa and Jesus. My next-door neighbor's got a manger scene and Santa standing right next to it. Okay, whatever, you know. What matters is what we believe about it, not what it looks like. You can enjoy the things, but, but if they've got wrong meaning with people, don't shove it down their throat, but help to make some changes. You understand? But enjoy the time and enjoy the season. Enjoy what you're doing. And allow our authority that's in Christ. We've been filled with the fullness of God and allow that authority to make the difference. So that His birth is not just about the little baby in the manger and it's over with. But that His birth was about His life. And His life was about His willingness to choose to be crucified. And His crucifixion was about His death and burial. And his death and burial is about his resurrection, and his resurrection was about his ascension, and his ascension was about him sitting down and saying, this thing is finished. Now we're living in a finished work, and we've been created and empowered to overcome and do the things that he created us to do. And we're here to allow people to rejoice and, and let people rejoice and be glad, and, and learning how to do that day to day is what our life should really be about. So that anything else you do, whatever vocation you have, you know, where you come in contact with people, that you can make a difference with those people. No matter where you go, in season or out of season, whether you feel like it or not, I tell you what, some of the worst days that I've ever had in my life, I came out of because I gave into someone else. Looked for opportunity. You know, you, you feel like, oh man. You know, God's telling you, you know, just take time with this guy. Uh, I'm tired. I don't want to take this. Here, take a 20. <laughs> you know, here, let me buy you a meal or whatever. I mean, do something else. I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the time. Man, when you take the time because God says and you sow into someone's life and you help them out, it just lifts your spirit and lifts you out of it. That's what we were created to do. That's why he was born. Hmm? He wasn't born so we'd sing away in a manger. But sing away in a manger and think about the fact that he was born and now he's sitting. Amen? Think about it. You know how many people think that baby Jesus lives inside of them? I'm telling you that I've talked to many people that think that baby Jesus lives inside of them. He doesn't. And I'm not trying to make fun of him or anything. Not, not at all. But it's because there's no revelation. 
You understand? There's no understanding of what baby Jesus accomplished. Let me end with this. And don't forget this as I read this. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Luke 1 and 26. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered, and, and considered what manner of greeting that this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Notice, even, even in the word from the angel, it wasn't just about the birth. It was about the throne. Amen? It was about the authority. It was about the dominion. It was about what he was going to accomplish. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Okay? Now, that's a pretty honest question, right? It wasn't Mary doubting the angel. It was Mary saying, How can this be? Because that's an impossibility. Right? Watch, what, watch how the response and the dialogue goes in these next three verses. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. What's happening? What's happening right there? Wonderful is manifesting, right? Miraculous is manifesting right here. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. Verse 37. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Mary said this, Behold, the hand, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Let it be to me according to your word. According to your word, let it be to me. Listen to me. Listen. God, according to your word, it will be to me. You and I have to receive the word. We've got to receive what the baby did for us. But we've got to receive what his life did to us. And it's about his kingdom that has no end. His authority that has no end. And you and I took the baton. And we're the representatives now in the earth to represent all of heaven to the rest of mankind that doesn't know Him yet. It's not His will that one would perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And it will not happen if you and I don't embrace what this birth brought to finality. Not, not just the birth, but what it accomplished and how the final result of His ascension and Him sitting down 
at the right hand of the Father and representing you and I in all that authority and power. Now we're here to demonstrate that authority in the earth. And what an honor, what a privilege to be able to operate in the same anointing by the same Spirit that Jesus operated in to see the same results and even greater works because He's gone to the Father. Can you say amen? Father, this morning, we thank You deeply and dearly. We thank You for Your presence. We thank You for the anointing, for the true anointing that has come from Your Son, Jesus, who You gave to us, who You empowered with Your nature and Your will, who made the choice for us on the earth, who followed through and fulfilled all that was required of Him, so now we're empowered to follow through and do all that's required of us. Today, Lord, I thank You for this great season and this time and people at the sound of my voice this morning. They take serious this time and live their lives to give and to be a blessing, to forgive and help others to forgive so that people can be free People don't die prematurely on planet earth because of the cancers of unforgiveness and bitterness. They'd be liberated and free. Today, Lord, I thank you for people even in this place today if, or family members of yours that have been attacked with any type of disease. By the stripes of Jesus, they are healed, I declare. I pray for health and healing and wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, mind, emotions people be liberated and free today. Lord, we give you all the praise today and the glory.